Welcome to the STEM Sync Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal McLean, amplifying unique life stories to encourage and motivate people of color with an interest in science, technology, engineering, and math. As a black female engineer, I found that a key resource that kept me encouraged along my education and career pursuits is something we often overlook and that is people. My hope is to leave listeners feeling empowered while gaining insight on endless opportunities along the STEM education and career pathway. Thanks for joining me today for a candid conversation as guests share their journeys and resources to help you reach beyond your untapped potential, connecting you to purpose. Now let's sing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of this wonderful STEM Sing podcast. When I had the podcast in mind, or not even podcast, when I had STEM Sync in mind, I had people like today's guests uh, in my mind as the people who I want to influence and help. And without further ado, I'm not going to belay the introduction. Please help me welcome Miss Alia Osman to the podcast. Oh, let me say like your mom, Osman. Osman. Yes, your mom told me. So welcome, Aaliyah. So good to see you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hello, oh, no. everyone. Yeah. My name is Aaliyah Osman, like she said. Um, so I'm just going to go give a little bit about myself. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I was born in Washington, D.C. Um, I grew up there for a little bit and then moved to Yokosuka, Japan, um, and then moved again and went to Okinawa, Japan, and then went to boarding school in Canada. And that's where I went through a rigorous school curriculum and uh, really got into STEM. And now I go to the, the Ohio State University. I'm a fourth year and I major in civil engineering and minor in humanitarian engineering and French. And so that's, that's where I am right now. I'm shaking my head because it's so crazy <laughs> to me that you're already in your fourth year. Yeah, it's my like, I year. met you when you were just getting ready to start looking at schools real heavy. Right. I was right? like a junior in high school. maybe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's when your mom contacted me. So for those who aren't aware, you should go back and listen to a previous episode that I had with her mother, Aliyah's mom, Miss um, Jamila Muhammad, who had an outstanding mm -hmm. interview and dropping so many gems from a parent's <laughs> perspective as far as being someone who's in the education system and also somebody who has a daughter who is in STEM and is thriving. And we're going to talk a lot more mm -hmm. about all of her accomplishments that I'm so proud of along the way. So you are um, fourth, going to your fourth year, which is crazy to me, at mm -hmm. the Ohio State University. Ohio State. Mm -hmm. And emphasis on the the, right? Everybody's <laughs> emphasizing that nowadays. <laughs> And you are a civil engineer with a minor in humanitarian engineering. We're going to talk a little mm -hmm. bit about that. And you mentioned to me that you just started work. So we're going to talk about that too. So yeah. before we get into those details, let's <laughs> dial it back a little bit and just kind of talk about your interest in STEM. You mentioned mm -hmm. that you went to a boarding school and mm -hmm. that's kind of what started your process. Can you tell the listeners a little bit more about that? Yes. Yeah, so, well, it did come from Canada, my interest in STEM, but originally I started to peak or start my interest in Yokosuka, Japan, where um, I fell in love with architectural design and sustainability. And I didn't know much about those topics, but I just knew they're really interesting. And 
and I wanted to do something closely related to that in my future. So um, when I went to, when I went and moved to Canada, that's when I got into that rigorous curriculum. I got to work in uh, chemistry classes. I did work in chemistry classes and physics and calculus and all that. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. It's mm. kind of interesting too. So why not um, pursue a future in these topics or topics that relate to this? Um, so yeah, that's- That's where it started. That's where it started, yeah. Did, were you in any kind of like, I mean, you mentioned chemistry lab. So were there any mm -hmm. kind of specific other programs that afforded you the opportunity to kind of start exploring a little bit more? Mm, well, I did have a um, robotics club in my school, mm -hmm. although I did not join. Mm -hmm. I found it really cool how my classmates were a part of it and could just build a robot with the knowledge that the, the high school knowledge that they had. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, so after um, taking calculus classes and not doing so good, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, towards the end of the school year, the teacher actually, she came to me and she congratulated me for um, actually improving the most out of all the students she's ever had. And that just boosted my confidence into really wanting to do something related to STEM. And now I chose the engineering track I'm a civil engineer, or I'm about to be a civil engineer. And um, I think it's thanks to all those little um, experiences in the past that I'm here today. That's awesome. You were interested more in, I heard you say architecture, right? Mm -hmm. Lands well, not landscape, but just architecture in the general sense. Is there a reason why you chose not to pursue that major in college? <sighs> um, so I did get to meet this one lady um, in Virginia, I think my mom and I were just eating at, I think, I don't, I'm going to butcher this, but burgers, bagels, mm -hmm. we we're eating a bagel. And then we saw this lady and she was majoring in architecture. And we actually had a chat about it. This was when I was in it. I was a junior in high school. Yeah. So I didn't choose my major at the time because you know, I was still in high school. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, so I asked her how it was like, and she told me that it was a very stressful major and they expected a lot from you in a design way. And I knew that I really like drawing, but I don't like people judging my drawing. <laughs> so if, mm -hmm. if I chose a major that really um, wanted me to draw certain things a certain way and not in ways that I enjoy doing it I mm -hmm. knew that wouldn't be enjoyable for me or something yeah. I like to pursue so um, I saw civil engineering to be similar to architecture um, but they won't really judge my drawings or um, expect me to draw things a certain way mm -hmm. and um, it also related to the water aspect that I'm really interested in. So water resources, water filtration, um, that's an interest of mine that um, connected to the, uh, I'm losing my- <laughs> It just made it all make sense. Meaning like, yeah. at least mm -hmm. with architecture, it's like, okay, I like the structural aspect of things in terms of the facilities or what the um, infrastructure has to look like in order mm -hmm. for you to bring the water right to right. it so you're more interested in the 
infrastructure and all the engineering that goes on behind mm -hmm. closed doors rather than having to literally sketch something out and and make it make sense basically okay everybody's put all those interests together yeah 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 and that's mm -hmm. why i mean we'll get to the humanitarian engineering part part of it because i i'm very interested in that aspect of things i know that's on your heart that you've always mm -hmm. been very interested right. in that from when i met you um so speaking of when i met you what, mm -hmm. what was going through your mind when you heard your mom was like telling you about some black woman in in <laughs> Yokosuka who's an engineer and y'all are you all are gonna fly over mm -hmm. to come and visit me in Japan what was that like Ooh, at first I was intimidated because mm. I'm like wow she she sounds like a very accomplished woman and I just didn't think I could relate to you in any way or at least not yet mm -hmm. and so I was like wow um I don't know how this is gonna go I was nervous but um after meeting you and seeing how you were like I felt really connected and I felt like this is a relationship that could really um help me grow in the future and you mm. did you did help me grow you did help me get to where I am today and so well I just fast forward through the whole thing but no that's <laughs> good at first, yeah, we met in Yokosuka, Japan. So that's where I grew up, which was very cool because you were stationed there at the time. And that's a place that's really close to my heart. Mm -hmm. um, so we met there. You gave me a tour of a water facility plant mm -hmm. and a waste management plant, if I'm not mistaken. And I just thought all those things were really cool. And I was like, wow, I, I want to be a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> this mm -hmm. was like, this was your job at the time. And I was like, if Miss Crystal can do it, and we've talked about it, if we talked about this, if Miss Crystal can do it, then most likely I can too. And I think that exposure really helped um, finalize my decision in being a civil engineer. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad I had that influence. I look at you and I just immediately think to myself, she's even more brilliant than I ever will be oh, no. in terms of <laughs> everything, your grades, how well-rounded you are, um mm -hmm. and just knowing and having a very clear direction on where you want to land which a lot of people can't say at such a young age so i'm grateful that your mom introduced us to one another and me again too. all the opportunities that you all have have found mm -hmm. along the way for me to put a pitch in here do this research here do all that i mean it's amazing it, it is definitely amazing so you decide to hey okay i can do this also I can do this. What this is, led you to mm -hmm. going to Ohio State of all universities? So Ohio State is somewhere in the middle of the states, or it's in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. It's away from the East Coast where my family is. It's away from the North where my other, <laughs> mm -hmm. my other family is. Um, and I found out that they had a huge Somali population. Um, my, I'm half Somali. My dad is Somali. My mom is African-American. Mm -hmm. So um, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to really get involved in the Somali culture. And I thought that was something very important for me to do um, in my college years. Mm -hmm. So I chose Ohio State for that reason. And I also chose it for their um, in engineering program or their engineering department. Um, it seemed very, 
it just seemed like a very good department that I could be a part of. And so, yeah, that's okay. why I chose OSU. How has that been for you in terms of community since you've been at Ohio State? Have you tapped into the Somali community much for support or have you found I have. like, I haven't even really done what I said I was gonna do yet? So my first year, not so much. Mm -hmm. uh, my first year was overwhelming um, mm -hmm. only because I was, I was still trying to find my tribe. I was still trying to uh, feel the culture of this place. Um, but after my first year, um, I started to have classes that related more to my major. And so I found Somalis that were also taking those classes and I connected to them. And actually this year is the, the year that I've met the most Somalis. And I think it's because I'm only taking major classes now. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I've, I've, got, I've gotten to connect to many Somalis. Um, in my major. And I think that's really helped me become more self-confident in where I'm headed because I have people I could relate to culturally and um, they can uplift me and I can uplift them. And yeah. Did you realize that that was such an important part of your need? Or is it something that you kind of stumbled upon in terms of like, man, I didn't know I needed this until I really needed it? Because it's one thing to know that you want to connect with a certain group of people a certain ethnicity right and i and i understand mm -hmm. that my both of my parents are from liberia i grew up in the states mm -hmm. uh, so it's almost but i so i still have that connection to a certain extent but not everybody mm -hmm. have cousins and everything like that but there's something about wanting to find that cultural connection um right. however what i'm hearing you also say and correct me if i'm wrong is that it, it wasn't until you actually connected with them that it's like, it's even bigger than that, right? Mm -hmm. In terms right. of just not only having community, but like self-confidence in yourself to push through this program, right? Right, because for me, I kind of felt like I didn't belong. I didn't really have a self-identity because I, I lived overseas for mm -hmm. the majority of my life. I was half Somali and I never really knew what that meant mm -hmm. to be it. Like, I didn't know what the culture was. I didn't know any, like I didn't have any Somali friends. And so I was, I don't want to say like I had an identity crisis, but I just didn't know who I was. Yeah. So finding these, um, these Somali friends or um, yeah, just friends in general really helped me ground myself and find who I was and, mm -hmm feel comfortable to be in my skin. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How do you feel you're showing up in your classes now as a result of feeling comfortable in your skin? Oh, very confident. Even my friends tell me like, whenever you walk in the hallway, you always have this glow, like <laughs> your outfits are looking cute okay. and all that. You're looking confident. That's so I beautiful. love to hear it and I love to feel that way. That's how it should be. That is exactly how it should be. And I really want you to carry that as you enter into the workforce eventually and yeah. always have that light about you because you're going to continue to draw people to you. And mm -hmm. you know, you're gonna show up as your best self. Um, even when things may not necessarily be the greatest around you, you're always gonna show up to be your best self no matter what. So I applaud you for doing such. Thank you. Choosing civil engineering and have you had any moments of like, oh nah, this, this ain't it. 
I probably should dial back or maybe switch my major? Um, I've only briefly had those thoughts mm -hmm. and I've had those thoughts because I've seen how people could excel without having an engineering degree um, or just not going to school in general. Mm. And I was, I was thinking to myself, why do I have to try so hard to, um, to continue this way or to, to get an engineering degree for like my future? Mm -hmm. um, and so, but, but it was only brief, it was only brief. And I got out of that um, thought process by just thinking how important it could be to other people in the future. Um, and that's where humanitarian engineering comes into play for me. Um, I just knew that this is something I needed to do um, for my benefit mm -hmm. and for the benefit of others. And it's, it's kind of selfish of me to second guess myself or second guess the track that I'm on because of how important it will be in the future. I don't know how important it will be, but I just know that it will be impactful in some way. That is so mature of you to say that it's very clear that you have a good why and most students don't. I'll say that, especially thinking about me in your shoes in undergrad. I was just like, I'm just gonna get the degree. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not thinking about other people, right? For you to be so mm -hmm. selfless and recognizing that there's a greater purpose in what you're trying to achieve is major. And I think with your generation, there are there there's more folks who are not going to school and still being successful which is nothing wrong with that everybody has their own path and i just i can imagine how much of an influence that is to you yeah. so what what class have you enjoyed the most thus far let's see the class i've enjoyed the most was my structural engineering class i took it last semester um and it was also one of the hardest i've taken okay there's something about it that um is really entertaining it's kind of like a puzzle to me because you're giving like a problem you're giving a beam or a frame and you have to find the forces in those frames you need to see if it's stable you need to see or you need to find what's indeterminate or what's determinant mm -hmm. and mm, bring it back like memories yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of check boxes you need to do, and it's kind of like a game. So mm -hmm. that's yeah, one of the classes I've enjoyed the that's most. Really good. Right. And in terms of diversity at your wonderful university, are you one of a few black females women in your courses? Definitely. Mm. At first, not so much because my courses were more generalized. Mm -hmm. So like chemistry or calculus, but now that it's more specified in in my major, mm -hmm. um, sometimes I'm the only black and female in the in the whole classroom. Wow. Um, and that's something I've had to get used to because I know it's going to be the same in the future. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Okay. That's good. Yeah, get, get used to it. Get used to it. Unfortunately, in a perfect world, we want that to be something where we can change. And obviously, we're we're people like myself are wanting to have more influence on that. How we go about it, it's a lot. But uh, so, my question to you is on that point: What do you feel 
the university could do in order to improve upon or better encourage women who look like you in engineering? Mm -hmm. So my school actually has uh, a lot of scholarships that are geared towards diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. um, and that's also one of the reasons, but I didn't mention it. It's one of the reasons why I chose OSU because of the um, the quote unquote full ride that I got. Oh yeah. Um, so it's, it's a moral scholarship, the prominence and it's given to students who have excelled in their high school and have made a difference diversely or diversely. Is that, mm -hmm. is that a word? Mm -hmm. Diversely in their school. And um, so I was a recipient of that. And that's really, that has really helped me um, in my school or in my school work because I can now afford to go to the school and I can now afford to focus on my studies mm. and not so much the financial aspect of school. Um, so that's one thing they've done very well. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like OSU could do better in providing more resources for people that are marginalized or POCs, et cetera. It sounds like you've had a great collegiate career in terms of school, grades, classes, fellowship, and everything like that. I also know that you have done research over the summertime. Mm -hmm. uh, talk a little bit about those programs. So I had two research opportunities in the past. One was at OIS, the Okinawan Institute of Science and Technology. And I had the opportunity to work under a mentor who was doing research on nano diamonds. And um, me being interested in water purification, um, we got together to see how we could put together the research of nano diamonds and the research of the desalination of water together. And we came up with using the nano diamonds to increase the evaporation rate of the desalination process to make it more effective. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's what we did at OIST. And then a year passed and I applied to be a part of MSRP, which is a research program of MIT. And I got accepted, Ms. Crystal helped me <laughs> by writing a recommendation letter and I successfully accepted it. Was too easy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> too easy. Um, and so, yeah, I had another opportunity of researching the desalination of water, but this time it was um, by effectively reducing the salt accumulation of the desalinating devices, because that's a major issue that um, those devices have, those devices have nowadays. So um, that was a program that lasted about two months. I got to work with other people my age. It was a very, very fun. Doesn't seem like it would be fun because it's MIT and really rigorous mm -hmm. and uh, such, but it was, it was a fun time. A very, um, very mentally stimulating. Mm and nice time you all were in person correct we yeah we were in person yeah, yeah. Cambridge. I, I was gonna say COVID definitely had an impact on your program and 
just your mm-hmm. curriculum and things like that. Limiting. Exactly. I think at one point you had to go back to Japan in the middle of your in semester, the, right? Yes, in both of my semesters. So this is the first time I um, I've experienced spring in Columbus because mm. my first year I had to go back to Japan. My second year uh, I had to go back, and finally things are coming back to normal. Okay. All right. And mm-hmm. now. You told me prior to us starting the recording that you are working. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. talk a little bit about that. What are you doing? So right now I work for Moody Engineering. It is a black owned company that started in Columbus, Ohio. I'm, I'm actually not sure if it started in Columbus, Ohio, but right now the headquarters is in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I'm just entering, interning Um, as a civil engineering student um, it is going to be my fourth day tomorrow so I just started I'm not really sure about all the tasks I'll be assigned but Mm -hmm. I do know that I'll get to dabble into um, a water plant or a water related related topic a topic on transportation and another uh, project on structures and structural engineering that's great how did you find out about this uh internship i found out about it um through my osu email so someone reached out i think it was uh somebody in my engineering department saying that there was a an opening for um a summer internship and i applied and i got in you had an interview (laughs) on everything huh I did. I had two interviews. How was that? Oh, it was intimidating because mm. he was the CEO. It was the CEO that was um, interviewing me, um, but he's a very friendly guy and um, we connected fast. Okay. What are you hoping to get most out of your internship? I am hoping to find clarity mm. on what I want to do uh, post-graduation. So right now I know I like water resources, like so civil engineering that revolves around water resources, but I don't know if that's exactly what I wanna do. Um, Like I mentioned, I enjoyed my structural engineering class. So I wanna see how that is or how you you would work as a structural engineer in the the industry, Mm -hmm. in industry work. Um, So yeah. I just want to find clarity. I want to gain experience um, and grow as an engineer. That's wonderful. Are there Mm -hmm. more than one intern or just you by yourself? It's just me. Okay, then. Just me, yeah. Wow. So I hope you show up as your full self at this internship. Yes. Mm -hmm. You are still in school and there's still a lot to learn. I want you to also take note of how it is in the working world in terms of just people. Mm. I think, I'm sure of, you've had group projects and things like that. I have. Right? Mm -hmm. So you need to know how to work with different people. I know you probably have been Mm -hmm. side-eyeing some people like, so you're not going to finish your part, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean, or whatever have you. 
I think that there's also a lesson to be learned, and I'm really proud of you for doing this because when you in school, they don't really teach you the office dynamics of things, how to they show don't. up at work, right? Mm -hmm. They don't. They just teach you the technical, which is totally fine. And then you're just kind of dumped into your nine to five and trying to figure things out. Mm -hmm. um, I really want you to just take heed of the opportunity. And I know you are. Mm -hmm. Don't 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 shy away from being your bold self in the office just because you're the new person and the intern they actually want your youth they want to know what you know they want your outside um just knowledge and you belong there and i'm glad it's a black firm that's awesome <laughs> Um, <laughs> I, I, I do want you just to know that you just, I want you to show up as you, all mm -hmm. of you. Okay. Don't, don't mm -hmm. intimidate, don't, don't do that. Cause I've done that. I was intimidated when I first got out of college. Um, didn't ask a lot of questions, wasn't assertive enough and ended up getting mm -hmm. fired. So I don't want that. I mean, it's an internship. You won't get fired. Um, however, I don't want you to shy away from uh, this really awesome opportunity to do this okay. okay thank you very much oh you're welcome you know here you come again with all this this insight this wise <laughs> knowledge and and you I know really it is oh you have my number you know you can call me anytime <laughs> and we can definitely just even like miss crystal these people mm -hmm, let's talk about it mm -hmm. um but just definitely take take on understanding how people operate, what work life is, balances, how people are and how they communicate and things like that. Because you're first in your technical field when you get out and you're doing a lot of the SME work, the subject matter expertise work. As you go up in the ladder, you'll find it's less about that and more about people dynamics. And if you aren't good with people, you, you, you can get stuck. You know what I'm saying? But I think you're awesome with people because your minor is humanitarian engineering, right? Mm -hmm. Talk more about that. What exactly is this program? So humanitarian engineering is the practice of using your engineering skills and applying it in a way where you help communities that are developing or people that need help. So a great example of this would be EWB, Engineers Without Borders. And it's similar to Doctors Without Borders, if you've heard of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's engineers that go abroad or even um, in the States. And uh, they go to communities that are, for example, in need of water. And they, um, they bring uh, a water plant that is self-sustained by the community. So they know how to fix it if there's any um, problems that arise and the engineers have already left. So that's, that's another thing that's important about humanitarian engineering. It's not just aid that is given to people, it's aid that can be maintained by the people um, so that when the people that bring the help leave, they can sustain it for years and years. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that's okay. what humanitarian engineering is. So how do you minor in that? Like, what kind of courses do you take in order to have a minor in humanitarian engineering? Mm -hmm. So you have to take um, a study abroad class. Mm -hmm. You have to take a humanitarian engineering class. So it, it tells you what humanitarian engineering is. 
um, how to be one and how to apply those skills as an engineer. Um, and next semester, I'm actually gonna do a capstone of humanitarian engineering and it's called the Global Capstone. And students have the opportunity to um, work with a community in Tanzania. And uh, I'm not exactly sure what we're gonna do, but it's most likely gonna be a water pumping system that the community could use. Um, so yeah, the students are gonna learn how to be a humanitarian engineer, how to be ethical about it, and uh, problem solve the situation of the community. Mm. Are you actually physically going to Tanzania for this? That's the plan. That's the plan. If COVID and everything slows down or just calms down a little bit, then that's the plan. For a full semester? Um, I don't think it'll be a full semester. It might be something like spring break, few weeks. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. Got it. Studying abroad, ever since I've known you. This has been your thing. Mm -hmm. You're getting somewhere to study abroad. What opportunities have you done so far to study abroad? Mm. So the very first opportunity I had was in high school. It wasn't necessarily studying abroad, but it was more of a community development study abroad where I went to Senegal and we built a new classroom for a community named Gandhi. And uh, yeah, we, we had the opportunity of building a classroom and a basketball court and just really improving the community for these elementary school students. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a really cool time. Um, the next time, I studied abroad was in France. I have an interest in French, learning French and learning other languages such as Spanish, Japanese. And so I really wanted to improve my French skills by going to France and uh, getting being a part of a rigorous French program. It was called Cavilam. And uh, I just studied for I think two months in France, Ricci, France. Um, and I think that's the last time I studied abroad. Yeah. Okay. And all, two. I'm sorry, what you say? So those two times. Okay. And all of those experiences, what is one major takeaway that you can say from both of those experiences that you're learning to apply to your life right now? Hmm. I would say that all of us are more similar than we think. So culturally, we may be different, but at the end of the day, people, people need the same uh, things to sustain themselves. People need water, people need food, they need shelter, and they need human connection. So I really learned that at the end of the day, it's it's not like the worries you have in life is not that serious as long as people can, um, as long as people have those things in life to. Um, 
survive. To survive and thrive. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I guess that's what I've learned. Okay. Studying abroad. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. If you could talk to yourself, freshman, Alia, or even before you stepped onto the campus, mm -hmm. what's a word of advice that you would give yourself looking back? Hmm. I would say to not be afraid to put yourself out there. I know that's a piece of advice that a lot of people hear, but it's true. You're going to have a lot of regret by not um, experiencing a lot of the things that you wish you've experienced in the past. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, going to that one club meeting or uh, going to that one party that's um, for people of your major or um, doing volunteering work, stuff like that, being active, community, communitively active mm -hmm. is very important and making connections is very important mm -hmm. so um, if you're someone who's a little introverted like me please do not be afraid um, it's not going to be the end of the world you'll thank yourself in the future for all the connections you've made and uh, it will really help you gain confidence in yourself and find yourself as a person. That's awesome. If you could talk to yourself in five years, the person that you're going to be in five years, if you can be like, girl, this is what I'm, because how old are you now? I'm 21. I feel some type of way about the fact that you're 21 years old, but okay. If you could talk to Miss Aliyah at 26, mm -hmm. what is something that you would say to her? Like, girl, you're going to be blah, blah, blah. Hmm. First, I'll wonder and ask her if she has mastered the language of French, mm. of Spanish. I want to see how well she's improved her language skills. I want to see um, how she's grown confidently, um, how she speaks more eloquently. Cause I have a thing where I, I have a lot of, um, I'm hard on myself. Mm. So I expect myself to be a certain way. And a lot of the times it, I'm just, I'm just not that way. So um, it makes me feel insecure, uncomfortable. So I wanna see how much she's grown. I wanna ask her um, what project she's been a part of as an engineer, where she is, where she lives currently, because mm -hmm. I know I'm probably not going to be in the States. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and yeah. That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. That's really good. I think you're hitting on something that is important. And I feel like your senior year is going to be very transitional for you in a lot of ways even me at 41, right? So I got you by 20 years. I still have moments of insecurities and questioning and being very hard on myself. Mm -hmm. The advice I have kind of started to give myself is, when are you gonna accept who you are? Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't like being in leadership. I get leadership positions. 
I really would rather play in the background of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. God keeps moving me to the front, right? Mm -hmm. When are you going to just accept who you are? And if I could pass down any advice to you, 20 years removed from all things college, Mm -hmm. my prayer for you is that over your next year, that you begin to settle into who you truly are as a person Mm -hmm. and accept that, hey, I'm not the person I want to be in terms of Spanish, even though your mom told the listeners that Spanish is your first language. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So you can probably go with the best of them, honestly. Um, And accepting that I'm just different, but I'm the way I'm supposed to be. And I'm showing up the way I'm supposed to be because that's who God made me to be. So Mm -hmm. I really hope that you, my prayer for you is that over this senior year, especially enjoy college girl mm-hmm. and have all the fun, do all the things. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know your mom don't want to hear that. Um, that said, I definitely hope that you just settle into this is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. And you show up every day at work. So are you planning on going straight into work, the career field, the professional life? Or are you thinking about doing grad school? Mm. That's what I'm about to find out okay. in this internship. I'm going to see if I really like office work, uh, sitting down all day, nine to five, maybe some field work, or mm-hmm. do I enjoy more doing research? Research, yeah. Mm-hmm. The beauty of it is that you can always change your mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're young enough that life keeps going and it'll, it will adjust the way it's supposed to adjust depending on what you want. Just never limit yourself. If it's one thing I see with between you and your mom, y'all are going to find the opportunities. I don't know how, but y'all are going to find them and you're going to pursue them. And I hope that that's something that's continuous for you along the years as you continue to grow and being an engineer. I'm so proud of you. Do you have to sit for your FE at Ohio State? Do they tell you to, do they push classes towards that? Mm, they tell us that they prepare us for the FE. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we should take after we graduate. So we don't take it during okay. um, during our senior year. It's more so afterwards. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. I did not I take mine until, ooh, I graduated in 2004, undergrad. I don't think I got my FE. Man, it was some years. Let's just put it that way. I was very removed from undergrad and went back to take it so I can go sit for my PE later. But if you have the time and the opportunity to take it, I would very, especially as a civil, mm-hmm. especially as a civil, because yeah. you all actually sign off on things. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here to support you in whatever that looks like, too, whenever you are ready to go down that path um, and give you some thoughts. So before we close, because look, the time has flown by already, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Are there any resources or advice? You've given a lot, but is there anything that you would like to tell our listeners or pass along um, for anybody who might be listening in, in the STEM world or not the STEM world? Mm-hmm. So I have dabbled about it in the past or in during this interview, but I would say the resource that's really helped me thus far is human connection. So uh, really 
really finding your tribe or not even your tribe, but just people here and there that um, can help you um, in ways that you don't think you'll need help in. So Miss Crystal here has helped me understand that a lot of the things I thought were impossible or just very hard to do was in fact doable, in fact possible. Um, and yeah, so just, just finding and meeting new people that can help you understand that the route you're going through is a feasible, is a possible thing that you could do. Mm -hmm. That we're all human and um, the things that you're doing are humanly possible. Mm, that's um, good. Yeah. That's good. Well, I've said it multiple times throughout this episode. I'm very proud of you. Um, and I just look forward to continuing to see you grow. And if there's anything that I can do in any way to assist you, please let me know. Mm -hmm. Please let me know. So thank you for being my first uh, college Ooh. interviewee. Yes. The one yeah, somebody who's still in the system is <laughs> still up in there trying to get this degree. And yeah, I just look forward to continuing to celebrate you. Um, do you, you do have a LinkedIn page, right? People can find you on LinkedIn. I do. Okay. Uh, so my LinkedIn. Yeah. So it's my first name and last name, Aliyah Osman. Um, should I spell that out or? You can, I'm going to link it, but you can spell it out for those who might just be listening. So it's Aliyah Osman, A-L-I-Y-A-H-O-S-M-A-N. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here, joining me. Um, and listeners, I hope that you understand why Miss um, Muhammad is so passionate about this young lady. She's brilliant. She is loving from the heart and she's a genuine spirit. So until next time, take care. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you feel equipped and encouraged to stay the course along your STEM journey. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you are notified when a new episode is posted and share it with your contacts. You can listen weekly on your preferred podcast app or by visiting stemsync.net. I encourage you to become part of the conversation to help cultivate a network of support. Feel free to submit questions and topics with an email to podcast at stemsync.net or messaging StemSync via Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Thanks for the link up and sync up, prototypes. Until next time.